When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? What's the worst day of the week that gets us all depressed? M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Here comes more aggravation and a brand new week of stress. M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Monday sucks. Monday Suck, uh, episode number eight, I believe, where we talk about stuff on Mondays after a week of, you know, just enjoying all the events and uh, things in our lives. <laughs> and, you know, you come to Monday and you're like, crap, it's Monday. Uh, but, you know, we're here, so we might as well entertain you and talk about some stuff. This is going to be an interview, or not an interview, I should say, uh, a review of a movie that came out this weekend called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And joining me is the amazing Nick Smith. Nick, how are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. Um, I guess I had an average Monday. Um, I, I I didn't have to stay super late at work, so that's a plus. Um, but I do have got a lot of shit on my plate right now, so, like, like you know, when you when you when you have that happening, and then you, you go in on Monday, and then you're just like you're like back in it, and you're like, oh yeah, this huge plate of shit that I need to get done, um, it hits you. It does hit you. Yeah, no, it it really does, and I that's uh I think that's something you know involved with Mondays. Even if Monday at work, for instance, wasn't that bad, you realize. Ah, fuck, we got to do all this shit in a week. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, people aren't listening, Nick, to hear us talk about our dismay from our works. You know, I mean, it's time for us to – I don't think so. I mean, it is called Monday Suck, but I, I think it's more of a reflection <laughs> and, and, and a chance for us to entertain more so than anything else. But huh. I will say I did want to talk about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Before we do that – you know, uh, we got a little bit of time. Uh, I think we're going to be able to cover Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in a relatively decent amount of time, depending on your rants. Sure. But um, do you have anything else that you have encountered in the last week in entertainment, movies, music, or politics, or anything that you want to kind of, like, talk about real quick? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's the best thing to do yeah. in situations like this, you know? No, it's 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 almost like you're teeing me up, like um... – we had planned this, and we absolutely did not, um, you know, for our viewers out there. But I do. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Rutger Hauer. Um, like, Rutger absolutely. Hauer was a fucking fantastic actor. Um, obviously, most well-known for his role in Blade Runner. Um, and, uh, you know, subsequently, he had a, a, a lot of um, very w- – well-renowned roles, whether it be The Hitcher um, or whether it be um, – he was obviously um, – had a, a pretty decent part in Sin City. Um, 
that I mean, it, it, you could go down the list. It is countless. He has been in so many films. A fucking amazing actor, and like that one, like kind of hit me hard. Um, you know, if for no other reason that like he died in 2019, which is the year that he died in Blade Runner, um, which I think is some amount of poeticism, um, but also just like makes it hit even harder, makes it hit home a little bit more. Um, fucking terrific act- actor. I never really thought he got his due. Like, I I feel like though he's best known for Blade Runner, like I felt like there was always he always had that chance at doing something like that next big thing that he never really got the opportunity to do. Um, I don't think he ever really got the credit he deserved as an actor. Um, and I, I um, you know, totally think that he achieved a lot uh, in, in the medium of film. Um, but I think there was so much more that he could have achieved Um I just don't think he was ever really given the the you know the roles that I would have been like yes this guy deserves these roles you know he's kind of like um, like a like a old school version of say I would say um, that, I mean well there's a couple of actors that I would say who have kind of gotten their um, their due as of late. Um, uh, namely being Sam Rockwell. Like, Sam Rockwell reminds me a lot of that kind of quality of actor, and he's finally gotten his due. Um, he obviously got the Oscar um, for uh, Three Billboards. Um, but, like, he's he's like of that same quality, of that same ilk. Um, and he, like, never really got a role that was bigger than his role in, in Blade Runner, um, which is to me, that's kind of sad just in general. Like, that like I don't think he was ever given the credence and the respect that he deserved as an elite actor because I look at him and his work and his performances in those movies and think, man, what a fucking badass, what an elite actor this guy was. Um, and, you know, I just um, – it's, it's oftentimes like those kind of passings that really kind of hit me harder – um, then you know some of the, the the bigger stars simply because I, I I just I hope I really hope that you know in 50 years time people like at least if they don't know him by name they know Rutger Hauer. Um, I, I I think Blade Runner is the kind of movie that will stand the test of time. I hope so. Um, and I think with that with the uh, you know tacking on a Blade Runner uh, 2049. I think that's a really good, um, great, actually, like, sequel. Um, one of the greatest sequels ever, in my opinion, um, and is particularly one of the greatest sequels um, that was, you know, X amount of years apart from the original movie. Um, that's very rare that they could pull that off. Um, but yeah, um, just a fucking true professional um, I, I, um, adore his work and I, uh, I hope that, um, he, he gets the recognition that he deserves, um, because just a phenomenal, phenomenal actor.
Very well said, man. And yeah, he's one of those actors that shows up in a lot of movies. Obviously, people are going to know him, like you said, for Blade Runner. But like a right. like a David Morse or or a, a William Forsythe, and I think both of them are actually yeah. incidentally in The Rock. But like an actor that you see in a bunch of stuff, they're always a solid actor. The movie could be good, could be bad, doesn't really matter. But they always get a solid performance, and uh, you know, it's just that's. That's where they are. I think that a lot of people for this generation um, or the younger, you know, the, the one afterwards, Generation Z, they, they would know him probably for his role in Batman Begins uh, first uh, before a lot of them. And then maybe Sin City, obviously. Uh, right. But Hobo yeah, with I a mean, shotgun, maybe. Ho- Hobo with a shotgun. First. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, Oh, the right. That was a well. That wasn't his fault. I, that was a really bad movie with Anthony Hopkins in it. But I'm looking through his <laughs> stuff and just kind of. Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That was the movie I was thinking yeah. of. He plays, I think, one of the villains yeah. in, in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer that right. took on, um, you know, the future stuff. But yeah, The Hitcher. I think that's the biggest one in Blade Runner are the two things. But I loved him even in a small evil executive role in Batman Begins. I thought he did was great. Uh, at that, or Morgan Free- Freeman fires him at the end. But yeah, man, those actors right. are very important because they might not necessarily lead the film, but they're essential for having a character have meaning within there. Um, and it's like they, they just latch onto that character. They make them much, probably more than they are within the plot and within the script of the film, and just adds the performance. So uh, big rest in peace to him. Um, any uh, any any other words before we move on, or great bringing them up? No, um, I yeah yeah thank you. Um, my my only final words, and I said this on Facebook. Um, I I don't think he will, and I pray that he is not forgotten. Um, like tears in the rain, which is obviously um, his famous last um, line in Blade Runner. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's an amazing line. Um, that whole speech is fucking brilliant. Um, and like watching that as like a 13, 14 year old for the first time, like it, it, it impacted me on a level to where I couldn't quite understand it. Um, and like, I was still like looking at Harrison Ford as like, you know, Han Solo or Indiana Jones and like watching that movie, which my dad was like, you need to watch this movie. I think you like you're old enough now. I think you would appreciate it. Um, and I, you know, I like that I was like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in that range. And um, it 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 definitely was like wow, like this is like a totally different movie than I've ever seen before. Like this is this is totally crazy. This is weird and different. And like I I enjoyed it. I think it took several years before I fully appreciated it. Um, but like he was the quintessential um, uh, factor in that movie. Like he was the heartbeat of the film um, and he wasn't the main character by any means, but he was the heartbeat of the movie. Um, and uh, you know, that's obviously what I, what I am going to remember him for most. Um, and um yeah, I just uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Indeed. Um, 
Well, there wasn't really a lot of stuff uh, worth talking about. Uh, the victims of that tragic shooting in California yesterday, big, also obviously, rest in peace for uh, the four people that died within that thing. Terrible stuff yeah. going on uh, involving that. You know, it doesn't seem to change. I don't want to make too much a reflection on it because then I think I'm talking or giving it too much attention, and that's what causes this whole entire thing. I don't even know. Do you want to talk uh, about Trump and his uh, his Baltimore comments at all? Or for that matter, his – I don't know if you talked about it recently, but his um, maybe they should go back to where they came from comments. Like, Does that interest you at all yeah. at this point? Yeah. Well, if you got if you actually have the the, the statements laid out, uh, I tried to go into that. I, I think don't. it was last week. I just didn't have enough time. So yeah, that's the only problem. But I, I I had all that stuff laid out. He's a fucking. I I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't. I at mean, this I, point, I do. I I completely uh, understand. I like. What do you I think mean, that he's just he's, trying to appease to the uh, those style yeah. Republicans so that he gets a fucking second term? Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing because he's 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 Teflon Don. He's bulletproof, so it's like he he doesn't have to worry about the things that he says. Unlike every other politician that we've ever seen, he's this anomaly that just it like everything bounces off of him, so he doesn't he doesn't have this fear of having to appease. Um, the the middle, um, and so he just says shit, and uh, you know he catches backlash from the left, he catches uh, defense from the right, and we all have to sit here and you know try to view the situation like, um, well, people on the left uh, hate him, people on the right love him, and uh, people in the middle don't know what to think. I think. In circumstances like this, people in the middle are, are probably, you know, I would I would consider you that type of person. I would consider me more center left, um, but um, I think people in the middle kind of they they know what's up. I mean, he's using racist rhetoric um, to drum up his, his base. I don't, and I'm not saying he's racist. I don't I don't think he is. I think he's. Um, if anything, I think he, um, he well, my, he, my, my like, thoughts on that are if you use it for strategy, regardless, then you're fucking racist. Some like that's, that's some ignorance. That's maybe, like, it's kind of hard yeah. to like, I'm trying to get, Hey, I'm just trying to get the ignorant people to like me so I can get into office. <laughs> like, I understand that Donnie, but that's still not good because if you look at it, his past, he didn't really have, a, you know, I don't think. There were many claims, at least, that I know of, of him being a racist and stuff like that. At one point, he was a Democrat. No, no, no. So obviously, it's fucking strategy. But at the same time, right. it's really – that's some fu- fucked up Hitler mentality strategy if it's actually that. Like he's literally using those people and manipulating them so he can get in the office by acting like a racist and not giving a shit if right. people have a problem with it. Fucked up. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on the latter part. I wouldn't say Hitler strategy. Um, I think that's maybe a, a – a, one bridge too far. Giving um, him too much credit. Yeah, I I would say maybe a little bit. Um, but like, but no, I mean, he's definitely using it as a as a point of strategy to um to incite um to incite the the left uh so that he can pick and prod with all of their attacks and continue. They're attacking me for no reason. That whole line of bullshit. 
Um, and, uh, and, you know, furthermore, um, it drums up his support, uh, his base, um, and gets him riled up and everything else. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's all strategy. I don't, I don't look at him. See, I don't think he's racist, but, you know, ironically what I think he is, I think he's elitist, which is funny because all the people who vote for him are like the people who are like, fuck those Hollywood elitists. Like, um, you know, like, and you're literally voting for he's the a most, fucking celebrity like, elitist. Yeah, you're literally voting for the most faux elitist person there is. Like, Trump doesn't care about anybody who doesn't serve his best interests. He didn't give a fuck about any of us or you or me or whatever. Um, but you know, like when when he was hanging out with all the rappers, they're like. Look, Trump's not racist. He's hanging out with all these rappers. Yeah, because he's fucking elitist. Because he like he wants to get in with these people. <laughs> because anybody who can make him money, he's fucking cool with. Um, anybody who's gonna give him a shout out, he's cool with. Like it's it's it. That's what it boils down to. And when he you know got into you know the the presidential race, he found a new base that he could tap into. Um, and that's what he did. He doesn't. Trump's like basically, in my opinion, like a nihilist. He didn't give a fuck about anything. Um, yeah. He's uh, he cares about money, and he cares about who can make him money. Um, and you're fucking retarded if you think. Excuse me. Um, sorry, Miss Langan. You are extremely idiotic if you think that uh, that Trump is um, you know. Doing any of this, not making a dime off it. Like, yeah, the, he's making some money somewhere. Um, yeah, and like that's what it boils down to. Well, yeah, like even like all right, so like the you know him helping out with with taxes for for foreign trade and you know all that stuff yeah. benefits him. So even if it benefits right. Americans, you know, in the economy to an extent, even though he wants to spend a but shit couple trillion on a fucking for- wall. Um, it and benefits it doesn't benefit the biggest, one of the biggest biz, business entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, and that's the thing. I think you and I have Trump figured out, and like, like we're not these these people. Well, you know who are what? Like, we're not the biggest. You know Trump what? You, you world, are, but we just what? You, you're a liberal that gives him a hell of a lot more because I think that a lot of people just think he's a fucking idiot and he's just going in there and doing stuff. And sadly, no, I don't he's think not. He's, an he's actually pretty all. smart and strategic, yeah. and I, I, that's that's literally what he's doing. He's doing what he has to, and it's not mm-hmm. right at all. Uh, both of us can fucking attest for that, but that's the person right. that got fucking voted in. We voted in a celebrity billionaire who is like this, and it's amazing to me. And it just sucks because if you look at shit, uh, I don't know. I it, this goes down a rabbit hole, but there has been a lot of fucking negative shit in the works, especially socially, uh, between people since his election. And I'm just really worried, man, about this whole entire, you know, uh, basically the next election. I'm I'm really worried. Yeah. What the fuck's gonna happen? Um. I have and no anyways, idea, man. Uh, hey, man, at least at least for the Democrats, we get 26 people to fucking choose from. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't remember. It's too Maybe much, it's 75. It's 22, I think. It's, I think, I think it's like still, 22. that's way too much. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, like, and and most of them suck. Like, I mean, just objectively. <laughs> like, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they're worse than Trump or anything. I'm just saying, like, most of them really suck. Um, 
Like there's like three of them that I would be um, actually like inclined to vote for, um, and only really two of them that I'd actually be happy to vote for. Um, Is and one that's, of them Biden? that's a problem. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like Biden um, for a lot of reasons, which I don't want to get into um, right now. But uh, no, I mean, you know me, I'm a Bernie guy. I think. Um, as much as you know, he might scare some people. Um, I, I think he's he's the kind of person who's who's true to his word. He has a vision. He wants to carry it out. You may disagree with that vision. I I understand that. Um, but like, I think he and Tulsi Gabber are the two that I um, actually would would um, be happy to vote for. Um, and Elizabeth Warren is the one that I would. Um, be inclined to vote for, um, but outside of that, uh, even like even Buttigieg, who seems like really smart and like Good old has Buttigieg. a lot of, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like the guy. He seems he seems all right. Um, and then you know you, you hear you know maybe two weeks ago it was um, that uh, he just hired uh, someone to run his campaign who was like a uh, like an ex-CEO of some fucking I, – I can't remember what it was at this point, but it was just like – it was like another like kind of corporate elitist dude who he's working into his mix. And I'm just like, ah, see, like you're, you're, you're getting way off brand here. Like we need to focus on the fucking people and not on, um, you know, the, the fucking Waltons. And the Koch brothers and and those kinds of people, um, and I, I I feel like there's only really three people in this race that are doing that, and only two that have a legitimate shot, and only one that could actually win. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm nervous about it too, because um, I think I honestly what I think we're going to get is a Cory Booker, Kamala Harris. Um, that type of person who ends up winning the nomination, and then maybe they win, maybe they don't. Who knows? Um, but like, those aren't the kinds of people that are going to change our fucking country for the better. They're just not. <laughs> like so. Uh, so what are we really doing here? You know? I don't know, man. And I agree with you. And that's that's the saddest and scariest part is we're trying to find people that aren't um, politicians. <laughs> They're not just trying yeah. to like look into. You know, stuff for themselves and the benefits that can happen for them. And I feel like Joe Biden is just going to be a popular choice because people just associate him with Obama. But there seems to be people in the past. Mm. Here's a good example. George W. Yeah. Bush and Joe Biden, they seem like guys you want to go have a beer with, not guys that you want running your fucking country. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. you know, I just, um, there's going to be a lot of help basically for him. You know, and I, he's had I'm I don't sure, think a he's ton of experience. Win. He was the vice president, but you know, I don't need a cabinet making decisions for the fucking president. I need the president being ahead of that. And I definitely think George right. was, you know, a part of that whole entire concept back during right. his terms. Yeah, uh, there's a great movie yeah. about that uh, called Vice. <laughs> um, yeah, and W for that matter. Um, yeah, I. I would tend to agree with you there. I don't. I don't think Biden is a is a good choice at all. Um, I think a lot of people look at him as like kind of the safe bet, 
um, and and you know him being this blue collar dude from Pennsylvania, um, and you know taking the train to work every day and all that, and Scranton born, and you know like yeah, that's all good, but like, dude, like yeah, we not you and me, we, but like we as in the the I guess the people on the left and myself excluded even with this. Um, you know, we, we did that in 2016, and look where it got us. We were like, wait, well, Bernie's a little too radical. Like, we need to go with Hillary. And, like, yeah, like she was the fucking worst candidate anyone could possibly run. And that's, you know, that's how Trump became president. Um, so, like, do you want to do that again? Because, like, if you want to do that again, in the words of Archer, if you want to do that again, then, you know, vote Biden. <laughs> like, as simple as I can put it. That should be his campaign slogan. If you want to do that again, <laughs> vote Biden. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah. Do you guys remember when Jay-Z used to come to the uh, White House so much and have fun with me and, and, and Brock? Yeah. Um, oh, God. Well, 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 we'll figure that out once it happens. You know, I can't wait to see these yeah. fucking – these debates come up again because – I, I I think they're going to be very civil. Everyone's going to let everyone speak. They're going to actually answer the questions. They're not going to say anything <laughs> derogatory about the other person immediately while they're fucking talking a million times. And once they get to yeah. Trump, whoever it is, it's going to be an even more civil time and no insults, unintelligence, or anything right. like that. Uh, yeah. Just proving who would be our best person to run this fucking country. You know? Absolutely. I, I, I think that is the exact way that it will happen. Um, I think that um, maybe it's not the way that you know everybody would want it to happen. They want a little better entertainment, but um, when it comes down to it, like um, you know, elections are important and they need to be conducted in a certain way. And I have the utmost faith that all of these people will conduct themselves in the finest of fashions. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like I said. It's gonna be coming soon, guys. So you know, um, let's let's uh, let's start talking about this movie, man, and start going over it. Yeah, um, let's do it. So we're we're talking about like like I said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino flick came out this weekend. I should have the the amount of money that it made put all pulled up right in front of me, but I don't. So uh, I'm going to ask uh, you, Nick, uh, just general thoughts about the movie. Um, I have some stuff. It might not be chronological, but I have a bunch of stuff that I wanted us to to talk about within the film. And if you want to throw stuff out there, you can. But just right now, absolutely. What are your general thoughts on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Well, I offered up some thoughts on um, uh, Geek Vibes Live this past weekend to open the show. Um, so be sure to go check out that. Um, uh, you know, for all of its content, but I, I, I did have some thoughts on it there. Um, but like, just to, I'll, I'll put a smaller, um, little bow tie on it here since we're going to get more into it. Um, my general thoughts on the movie, I loved it. I thought it was fucking excellent. Um, I thought the pacing was kind of weird, especially at the beginning of the movie, and it settled out and got a little better um throughout the movie i never found it to be um bad i just found it to be a little jarring especially the way that tarantino normally works in music um in his movies and how in this movie it was like 
almost kind of suicide squadish with like the amount of music that he was just pumping into the movie like all these different tracks like going like so fast um and 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 changing over the the scene that I specifically remember thinking this was um the scene in which Brad Pitt is driving at night after leaving um dropping off uh Leonardo DiCaprio um for the first time and he's he's driving uh through Hollywood at night um and uh this is right before he he goes back to the um to his uh his um uh trailer um that kind of juxtaposition was weird for me like i i would have preferred just having one song be the backdrop of that i think it would have hit home better um but like nevertheless i do um i i I get where he was going, where Tarantino was going with it as far as a time-lapse type thing. Um, but as far as just overall thoughts, I think it was terrific. I think every character had their moment to shine. Um, I think, um, A, Brad was obviously the fucking, in my opinion, just heads and tails, the fucking favorite in this movie as far as just like his constant um, – like roll throughout the movie. He was my standout bar none by far. Um, but like he had a couple standout moments. Um, uh, I think Margot Robbie's for me, like her kind of standout scene was um, her theater scene where she was like sitting in the theater watching a movie and even leading up to that where she's outside the theater talking to the, the people with the tickets. Um, like I think that was awesome and super well done. And like, her reaction i think it like if you know maybe not know is the right word but if you've read up or or watched various documentaries about sharon tate i think it really it felt like me the true um like feeling uh interpretation of sharon tate that i have always kind of felt um that i knew um uh via um you know various uh forms of medium uh, so I I really enjoyed that. I fucking loved Leo's scene in the trailer um, when he's like having his breakdown and like shouting at himself and shit. That was fucking fantastic. Um, and and you know it, the subsequent scene after that as well. Um, like that to me was his standout moment. And then Brad has several. And I know we'll get to um, the end of the movie. I don't want to get too far into that uh, just yet. Um, but. Um, yeah, I thought they all had their little moments um, that that stood out for each of the characters. I thought Tarantino did a great job of dividing up um, the time between these characters, um, and I thought they did a great job of like intermixing these stories of these three different characters uh, throughout this tale. Uh, and um, I I I just I fucking loved it. I don't I still don't know. I've only seen it once. I don't know how much I love it yet. Um, I know that I love it. I don't know what level of which I love it. Like to me, with Tarantino, there is a there is a tier system. Um, like I can't rank his movies per se, like one through nine or eight, even before this movie. Um, but I have like oh, a okay. very structured tier system, uh, and my like first tier is. Um, Pulp Fiction, uh, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and 
sometimes Kill Bill, sometimes Kill Bill's Tier 2. Um, but, like, those three are the constants. And this movie, to me, is, like, right on – it's, like, right there with Kill Bill. Like, it could be Tier 1. It could be Tier 2. I'm not sure yet. i got to see it more times. Um, but I fucking loved it, man. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, just to let everyone know, the box office is $40 billion. So that's pretty good opening for the film, I would say. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I like this movie a lot. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. By the end of it, definitely uh, made me feel great. Um, yes. As well, the, the ending itself. By the way, if you guys can't tell, we're going to be doing spoilers. So from here on out, if you don't want to hear what we have to say about this movie, go and watch it and come back to this. Uh, because I don't want anyone complaining about you know the fact that we're spoiling stuff. That's the whole point of this. It's a spoiler, you know, free movie review. Uh, because I want to go in depth into this a lot. But yeah, I like the movie. I think it did have pacing issues. Um, you know, not not so much timing issues because I I think it was John Campia who said there is a difference between it being too long. Like like a long movie can be great still. You can have a movie that's almost three hours. It's the pacing that dictates whether it kind of gets slow. And uh, I don't – some people – I've heard a complaint, if there is complaints about this film, that it was a bunch of scenes with, like, not that much stuff in between it. Um, and I will say – I get it. This was, this was Quentin's, uh, you know, love letter to 1960s Hollywood. Some of the scenes where we had to see, you know, Brad Pitt get in his car – drive around, get out, you know, stuff, stuff like that. It seemed like a lot, but I think he was trying to show off what it looked like in Hollywood. Um, right. I love the fucking ending. I keep on saying that. Michael Robbie just didn't love seem, it, dude. Like, obviously you need Sharon Tate in the film, and obviously it gets to there. But besides that, she didn't seem very much used throughout the course of the film. Um, we didn't really get to know that much of her character. And because of I that, even that part where – well, let me let but me finish I, my I statement. I'll give it right back. To you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, just uh, you know, the whole scene where we see her at the party, she's all f- having fun, and then um, I forgot the actor's right. name is. I can't mm-hmm. th- right off the top of my tongue, but he's playing Steve McQueen, and he's explaining the love oh, stuff. Yeah. We didn't get really much information past that. I mean, I, obviously, you can go and research if you want, but the fact that she's with Jay at the end of it, and not, and Roman, obviously, I think he's filming somewhere else to explain that, but. I don't like. I didn't even know whose fucking baby that was between the two of them, between uh, the guy playing Roman Polanski and Amelia Hirsch playing Jay uh, Seenberg, I think was the actor's name. I can't remember. I can't um, remember either. I don't think that. But was that's it, not, that's but it was something like that. Steinberg or something like that. He was an old '60s actor. Um, but yeah. I mean, that type of stuff, I don't think is too big of a Six deal. Three, like I, I love, like you said that movie theater scene with her in it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Because we don't get to know her that much, it seems like it's not really necessary at, 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 a, at a point, too. I just think that Quentin Tarantino could have shaved about 30 minutes off that movie, so during the middle, where it kind of slows down, it doesn't feel as slow. And once that ending happens, you know, obviously everything's fine no matter what. And honestly, I don't think Quentin right. Tarantino gives a shit what the fuck anyone thinks about his last no. film. He's going to put it out and that's how it's going to be. That's that's a, that's the length that he has. I'm just saying for me, I was never bored. Well, 
I was always into the movie, but I did get a little bit bored throughout it. I never, like, fell asleep or anything like that, but, you know, it's still, like, it was dragging for me, personally. But what were you going to say about Marco Robbie? Your, your yeah, yeah um, I, well, first of all, I never, I never felt it dragging. Um, I thought the beginning of the movie was slow. Um, and then I thought the, um, there was that juxtaposition at that maybe I guess the beginning of the third act or the end of the second act, however you want to qualify it, where um, Leo goes to do the spaghetti westerns. They try to like tie that up all nice and neat, um, and and that was that was kind of a, a weird juxtaposition, but it kind of made sense, and it it definitely harkened back to um, the introduction of Hugo Stieglitz. Um, in um, in Inglorious Bastards, where you know, obviously uh, um, Samuel Jackson does the voiceover to introduce Hugo Stieglitz. Um, but uh, as as far as Margot, I I agree with you in the sense that um, she doesn't she doesn't have like this. Um, uh, I would say. Uh, Super memorable role, but I heard him interviewed, and I brought this up earlier when I was talking about um, uh, Blade Runner. Um, she's Tarantino actually said that like you know she is the heartbeat of the movie, and I totally see that in watching this movie. Like her character um, is like sort of the driving force of this whole movie because we all know it leads back to her um, and her like positivity and um, just like, I love this scene, not just in the movie theater, but like her scene where she picks up the hitchhiker and they have this like nice log at the end and you know, they get, you know, they go their separate ways. Um, like every one of her scenes, like her dancing, um, you know, when, when he's, um, uh, well, obviously at the Playboy Mansion, but also like when she's like, um, you know, folding her clothes and like dancing uh, when he's uh, when Brad Pitt is fixing the tower, which that's a scene we definitely need to talk about in his flashback sequence in that scene because that was fucking great, um, the Bruce Lee scene. Um, but uh, but yeah, like she to me, I understand why he says she's the heartbeat of the movie. That character is the heartbeat of the film. Um, I totally get that. Um, as far as um, things getting drug out or whatever, I I didn't I felt like I knew I was sitting down to watch a three hour movie. It did not feel like a three hour movie to me. Um, and maybe that's just my my fucking blind love for Tarantino. I don't know, um, but I did not feel it dragged at all in the middle. Like I felt like it took a while, like to get in to where it was going. Like, I thought the first act was the part that maybe dragged a little bit. I thought the second and third act were great. Obviously, the third act. But, um, like, the, like when... Can I, well, I guess this would be a natural transition. Um, do you want to talk about... Because, um, I, like I said before, I think Brad Pitt's character is... He's not the main character, but to me, he is the quintessential character... Um, the the most um, uh, he steals the show the most. Um, do you want to talk about uh, him with Bruce Lee or him at the ranch? Well, I wanted to talk about him and Leo specifically, uh, 
But I have I have everything okay. laid out. We'll kind of go into some Leo stuff, and then we'll t- start uh, going into to some Brad stuff. All right, well, let's do that. Uh, so I thought Leo was brilliant in this movie. I do agree with you, though. That's I think great. the standout performance in this movie is Brad Pitt. And, yeah. you know, we can kind of talk more about this later. But uh, I think that this could definitely – this could definitely get nominated for Best Picture. This could definitely get nominated for Best uh, Original sp- uh, Screenplay. But I think Should the be. biggest – well, I don't know what's going to come out, but I, was, I think Brad Pitt sure. – and yes, I think they would, would, would put him for Supporting Actor because that's I, – I just fucking know how the Oscars work by now and what they do. Leo's the leading. Right. He's the fucking supporting. They'll probably do it, especially if there's more choices for leading actor to keep that, like, you know, more people in it. But Brad Pitt should fucking win an Oscar for his performance in this. This is one of yeah, the best Brad Pitt performances. Ever. But Leo, Leo did great, man. That scene with the little girl was awesome, where they're both together, Bobby they're reading. I don't, I don't know who she is, Nick, but I think she's going to be terrific. Uh, and Me being too. Such a, I love that, the whole concept. There's two of them with Leo, uh, but, but with the little girls. Like, it's impressive to him that she's so articulate and she wants to know her lines. And then as viewers, we're watching this, and we're so impressed of her acting ability to act like a little girl that's trying to get better at her lines, to, to be able to share a scene with one of the greatest actors of all time, with Leonardo DiCaprio, and be able to stand out like that. That's pretty impressive. And also, I love their little... Um, you know, they, they did obviously the film where it's kind of like a homage to Inglorious Bastards where he fucking – his version is, you know, flamethrowing all the Nazis. And right. then later on, they, that's a callback from that. So it's a callback from a yeah. callback. You know what I'm saying? Like I love, right. I love the, the, the uber ridiculousness of Tarantino. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that scene where the little girl, you know, they're, they're, the, the banter between the two of them. And then him fucking up on stage, him going in the trailer and going blah, 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 like like you know pissed off at himself, and just doing it Dude, so he perfectly. And then in that mirror, and he's like, "If you fuck up this next line, I'm gonna slit your fucking throat tonight." That's it. Yeah, that was, that was that was. I was I was laughing my ass off, and nobody else other than Warren, who was sitting next to me, uh, my friend. Um, like we were the only two people laughing in the whole theater, and I was like, "This shit's fucking hilarious! How are y'all not laughing at this?" <laughs> oh, it's it's a straight comedy, man. I mean, I don't think it's in, I think it's intentional in certain parts, but not in certain other parts. But uh, that's the thing. It's like this made me go, you know what? I'd love to see Leonardo DiCaprio try a good comedy, like with a you know a good director, yeah. like Judd Apatow, and actually try to yeah. branch out that part of his acting muscle to see where he can really go with that because. This had a lot of comedic stuff in it, and it was great. Uh, just seeing him as, as – <laughs> we're seeing Leonardo DiCaprio play a struggling actor. Like, isn't that fucking just hilarious it's by really itself? It's really funny, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and, and yeah, that scene where he, he, he nails it, and he fucking kills it. It was awesome. It was, it was great. It's just Leo at his best. Um, I love the ending where he tells off the hippies. You know, and tells him to get the fuck out of yeah. here, like some some angry yeah. old man, and goes back that was back to his pool thing. Too. And by the way, which when, causes when she tells which him, causes the ending she, when the right, right, and when the little girl tells him like that was the best acting I'd ever seen, and it pauses for a minute, and he's just like, I'm Rick fucking Dalton. Like I was just like, it's again, like so fucking funny. Like, <laughs> it was great. Just the timing of it all. 
Oh yeah, man. It was, it was awesome. Um, so let me pass it to you. I've kind of named some of the scenes. Uh, do you want to kind of go through them, add in anything that I can bounce off of yeah, from Leo cool. specifically within this movie? Uh, with Leo, no, I mean, I think we hit the bulk of them. Um, I, uh, I didn't know if you had more I mean, to add to any, I kind of skimmed over them. Well, I mean, I, I would definitely say the ending. I mean, with him just, like, hanging out on the back porch uh, or in the pool. And there's obviously the scene earlier in the movie where he's hanging out in the pool and he's, like, rehearsing his lines, and it pans over to Sharon Tate's house, um, which I think was some obvious foreshadowing. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that scene, uh, the ending scene where she gets thrown through the window – um, what great like, what use fuck? of tension they, they, right. We know what happened as viewers We know this crazy bitch is about to go through the fucking window right. And we know Leo's in the pool And it goes back to him and he's just chilling And it like stays on that yeah. for a little while And then she comes crashing out the window He's like what the fuck right. And she's all in the pool Like yeah. so great And then what does he do By the way if if you if, if you're in a situation like this, I don't know what to tell you, but if you're in a situation where you're in a swimming pool and someone comes out with a flamethrower, go under the fucking water. Like, yeah, well, that is you know, crazy. I, um, yeah, she was yeah. crazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that, that was great. Um, it just the, the fucking, and, and again, like, as soon as he, like, walked off and, like, um, he, like, started walking back and it had that kind of low-angle shot of, like, his, his like, legs. Um, I was like, oh, my God, he got the flamethrower. And, like, then it pans up and he's got the fucking flamethrower. And I was, uh, like, I was literally, like, nudging Lauren. And I was like, shut the flamethrower. Like, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that shit was fucking amazing. Um, other than that, just the, the ending, just uh, when he um, gets to um, kind of, uh, he has that moment with uh, Jay, um, Emil Hirsch's character, um, and, uh, you know, just, like, gets invited up. And I think, like, honestly, that's um, in, in this uh, sort of um, retelling of a timeline, um, this is his character getting his next shot um, because, obviously – um, Sharon Tate's now still alive. She's still married to Roman Polanski, who's a famous filmmaker, um, which you know is is great for the world because that means he's not you know obviously um, you know <laughs> uh, trying to hit on underage girls, which is nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, can I suck your cock uh, while and, you drive? <laughs> Are you eighteen? Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, so like I think that's the obvious like uh, foreshadowing of that ending scene as well as just like him recapturing his career um, after this um, crazy fucking shit show of violence that you know obviously turned wrong for the uh, perpetrators. Yeah, uh, Brad Pitt, man. Whew. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just. I love. I love. I love the whole thing. He's like he lives in the back of this, of this, uh, you know, driving theater and his own trailer. He always makes sure. I, lo- I love the relationship with him and Leo. I love that they really genuinely care about each other. Like they're friends. They're trying to look out for be- each each one's interests. Like obviously, and this is, we can kind of go into this now from this Brad Pitt and his past with Bruce Lee on set. 
how that stops him from being able to be, work. But Brett, but Leo went up to bat for him with Kurt Russell. He really did. He was trying to, you know. Let's talk about it, though. I love that we find out randomly and out of nowhere that Brad Pitt might have killed his wife. Uh, and that's it. That's well, that's here's it. the thing. That's the brilliance of, of, of Quentin Tarantino. We don't see Very anything. True. So it, it could you go two it. ways. He, she's berating him. He's there drunk. He's got the fucking spear gun or whatever in his hand, and he right. just shoots her flat right. out. Or maybe, maybe a wave hits, and it's an accident. But he shoots her anyways, and then he just fucking leaves her. Like, we don't know. Or, but, or maybe, like, a wave hits, and she falls and hits her head and dies that way. Like, who knows? Exactly. Say? He's fine. He didn't do anything. That Janet chick needs to chill the <laughs> fuck out. The bitch. Uh, but which, what, 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 what did you think about that whole discovery out of nowhere? Dude, that was fucking crazy. Like, it was <laughs> – obviously, it was like um, – it was out of left field, um, and it was at for me again almost kind of played for comedic purposes. The way his wife was being like so berating and um, you know such a royal bitch. Um, not that she deserved to die, um, but you know she was being a bitch. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting little like subplot that I think um, almost kind of set up. What was to come later as far as, like, him not being afraid to fucking kill people, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I want to know what the hell his early life was because, you know, to segue into it, we have a scene, and there's a lot of people that have a problem with this scene um, due to how Bruce Lee is portrayed where they kind of get in a fight, and Brad Pitt's a lot of times getting the better of him. Uh, there's no clear winner, but he slams him against a fucking car. Um, now, we know Bruce Lee is a prolific fighter. A lot of people say they're depicting him as this arrogant prick. And there's a lot of scenes where he's showing other celebrities how to do stuff. So maybe he was cocky, but a lot of people, you know, it's documented at least that Bruce Lee was a very nice human being, very one with himself, zen, whatever. Um, and, you know, it... it this is Tarantino is what I have to say to all those fucking people. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not going to be an exact depiction of the actual person. Bruce Lee is playing a character. But I love the shit talk. I love that he calls him like Kano, he's, you know, which is Bruce yeah, Lee was, was really Kano in the Green Hornet. Um, Kato, yeah. Uh, Kato, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, it yeah. just uh, cool little fill-in. Uh, he was talking shit saying that he could beat Muhammad Ali, which was apparently during that time period when Bruce Lee became very popular with the martial arts movies, was doing competitions, and obviously Ali was the high of the boxing. That was a lot of talk between fighters, fighting fans, I should say, of who could win the fight. So they kind of like went into that. Brad Pitt said what he had to say, showed he's a badass. I mean, Brad Pitt, I'm trying to relate him to a character uh, in television where he's just badass and he's just macho machismo and that's it. There's no, there's no reasoning behind it. He's got a dog that he feeds fucking two cans of dog food. It's a giant pit bull. They'll rip your balls off <laughs> if you want to. Like, it's, it's <laughs> like, I, I guess Ron Swanson from, um, Parks and Rec, but not really, but like, or, or, or Mike from, uh, from, from Breaking Bad, you know, I, I don't yeah. like that type of character, but Mike, he's obviously yeah. a lot younger. You're supposed to believe, basically, right. that he could be that badass. But did you have a problem, right. personally, with him 
getting the better of Bruce Hell Lee. No. What, what would you say to people with that with that with that issue or the the picture no. of Bruce Lee being kind of egotistical? Um, see, I didn't see it as egotistical. I saw it as um, you know, Bruce Lee just kind of talking um and you know, I mean, honestly, like the diction in which Mike Moe like delivers the lines was very on point with how Bruce Lee talked, first of all. Um but like secondly, um like I could totally see Bruce Lee like talking up uh at, at that point Tasha's Clay and and, and and saying like I super admire this guy and, and still someone asking him, you know, do you, who do you think would win? And him being like, well, I would. And then Brad Pitt being like, <laughs> you're fucking sure, right? Because, like, let's be honest. Brad Pitt's character, he's he's a bit racist. We got that set up at the beginning of the movie where he's like, oh, man, don't cry in front of Mexicans. Like, um, like <laughs> yeah. He's not he's not a fucking graceless character um uh or graceful character i should say um he uh he's very much very flawed um in, in many ways whether it be you know his wife or um the fact that he's obviously uh you know got some um predispositions we shall we'll leave it at that um but like yeah like i could totally see Brad Pitt and his character being like, huh, yeah, all right, you beat fucking Cassius Clay, like fuck you, um, and like, and I think the way they set up the fight was great. Like Brad Pitt was all cocky, and Bruce Lee runs up and kicks him right in the chest, and he falls over, and he's like, shit, all right, not bad, Kato, all right, let's, let's do that again, and he tries to do it again. He grabs him, fucking throws him into the car, um, and uh, like I thought it was fucking great and then you know when they really were going at it um you know uh i if you were to ask me bruce lee probably would have won that fight um just gonna go out on a limb and say that um but obviously it got split up obviously bruce lee got hurt way more from um you know the throw against the car than brad pitt got from being kicked over um so like that's obviously a factor as well. Um, I, I wouldn't. Ha- I don't have any problem with how they're portraying Bruce Lee there. I didn't see it as necessarily arrogant. I saw it more as confident, um, and and very much in in you know in line with you know how I would perceive Bruce Lee to have been at that time. Yeah, exactly. Another. By the way, another example of uh, if anyone's a fan of the Venture Brothers off of Adult Swim, big fan of that show, Brock Samson. I forgot what the fuck his name was. It was Samsonite. I was so close. Uh, But it very much reminded me of Brad Pitt. That was the one in my head uh, throughout it. So if anyone knows that, good for you. But, yeah, uh, I love Brad Pitt in this. I thought it was great. I loved his dog. So I guess before we go into the ending scene, let's talk about the scene with Bruce Dern. Uh, the, uh, the Manson compound yeah. or, or the set, whatever the hell it's called. That was a creepy ass scene. The ranch. That kind of turned the ranch. Yes. That was kind of a yeah. horror esque for a little while. Yeah. Uh, with certain things and certain beats Very that they did. Like, fanciful. not, yeah, not so. Uh, 
All right, obviously not as graphic as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that same type of building suspense that would be in scenes like that. Like, you know, this right. area is bad. We know these people are bad. We know that they end up like these are Manson's people. And right. uh, I thought they did it really well. I liked that they kind of tricked yeah. us. We thought that, you know, George was going to be dead, but obviously he wasn't. Uh, uh, fun uh, – well, not really a fun note, obviously, but – just to note, George uh, or Bruce Stern took over that role that Burt Reynolds originally played, uh, but he passed away. They offered the role apparently to Jack Nicholson, but he turned it down, and they went with Bruce Stern, and that's who plays George uh, that's in the bed. Uh, Dakota Fanning, if anyone didn't realize, was the redhead who was uh, basically fucking George, um, yeah. the, the leader of the group, it seemed. Uh, but just I, 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 that, that one girl uh, – she was she she stood out a lot in this movie, uh, had a lot of screen time. The one that offered uh, fellatio while uh, Brad was driving that brought him back <laughs> to the compound. Uh, old but pussycat. Just old pussycat. Yeah, the little pussy. I forgot what the line was, but she's like, "I love pussy," and he's like, "Don't we no. all?" Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was um, uh, we all really love pussy. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. God, Brett was amazing. <laughs> By the way, when Brett took yeah. off his shirt uh, to do the the housework, uh, that one scene, I literally said, fuck my life. And my brother and Hoy both looked at me and started laughing at me. But I mean, <laughs> that, would, that makes how, sense. How, I'm, I'm looking this up right now. How old is Brad Pitt? Uh, like he's got to be in his 50s. Is he? Ugh. Maybe. I think so, he man. 45 to Hold 52, on, me... somewhere in that range. Brad um, Pitt age. Yeah. Look it up. He is 55 years old. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to look yeah. at it like that ever in my life. It doesn't matter if I keep on going to the fucking gym. Jesus. Uh, no. Always had a man crush on Brad. Um, but, yeah, man, that was, uh, that was a pretty intense scene. What did you think about it? Dude, it was fucking great because that was the – that was like the – Did you think he was going like to die? Were, yes. I did think there was a chance he was going to die. I really did. I was like, are they about to fucking kill Brad Pitt? Like, and I guess maybe part of it was um, having seen um, – uh, fuck, what's that? A burn after reading and like, um, like having flashbacks of that and, and just being like, oh my god, are they about to fucking kill Brad Pitt? And they set it up like so suspenseful, and like she, and when she just like goes and like, like when he's, I'm a, like I'll kick through the screen door. This motherfucking door is not gonna stop me. Um, and 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 she like goes like unlocks it and goes and sits down on the couch. I'm just like, dude, fucking watch your back, man. Like these motherfuckers. Um, and that's the beauty of Tarantino. He is setting this up. Um, for all of the audience to know just what these people are capable of um, without you know, and Brad having that context. He's not afraid of any of these people at all. Like, he ain't scared and of any I, of I would also say that Tarantino has a thing about killing big stars within a movie out of nowhere. I mean, good example, right. obviously, is uh, John Travolta at Pulp Fiction when, when fucking right. – you know, Bruce shows up and kills him. Obviously, you see more right. of him later on, but you're just like, whoa, okay. Or, I mean, she wasn't as big as of a role in it, but Bridget Fonda and Jackie Brown, how, you know, yeah. Robert De Niro just fucking shot the shit out of her real quick, yeah, which inevitably him. got him killed. 
And right. it was just out of nowhere. So oh, that's, yeah. that's his M.O. Sorry, I, I had to throw that in there. Absolutely. Or Mr. Blonde, for that matter, uh, when he's trying to torture the cop, and then all of a sudden Mr. Orange yep. just fucking shoots the shit out of him. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely got that M.O. Um, uh, I, you know, I was definitely fearful for him um, in that moment. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, and uh, I think the way that they detailed the trailer um, did great benefits to adding to that suspense because I don't recall any scenes from the trailer being after the, uh, of Brad Pitt after that scene, which – Big fucking good on you. That's how you fucking cut a trailer. Like, don't ever show me. Like, I remember like Star Wars, um, uh, the the um, the uh, Force Awakens. Like, kind of fucked that up. Um, and I don't remember exactly how, but I remember like there was the scene with the snow and like you know Kylo and all that shit. And it was it it was just like dude like I I like I know that's gonna happen so I'm I'm not as suspenseful here um, like I know like this that scene has to happen so like this scene's gonna play out one of like maybe two or three ways but not it can't go any which direction um, and you know like I think they did their trailers beautifully um, but that's just a side note um, but yeah dude it was totally suspenseful and then again. Um, just the comedic elements like interlaced throughout like his whole conversation with Bruce Dern was fucking hilarious like he's kind of constantly telling him like, like what, what does he say he says um uh fuck I can't remember he he, he it, it confuses him uh, several times with like some shit from like the way distant past and he's like no 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 <laughs> come on calm down um and like that, that scene was was terrific. It was it was played up very well. Um, and of course, like Brad Pitt's like reaction to it seemed feasible. Like him just being like, "All right, well, you're obviously being taken advantage of, but you know, fuck it. If you're happy, like I'm not, I'm not gonna be the guy who's trying to step in and you know make some kind of great change here. Fuck it, whatever." Um, but like when he walks out. And his tires pop, and the fucking hippie dude is like sitting there smiling at him, and he just beats the shit out of him. And when all the women run up, and he's like, "You come one step closer, I'll fucking smash his goddamn teeth in." Like I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like, because I, I honestly, like for half a second, I thought he was about to say like, "If you come one step closer, I'll fuck all y'all up too." And I was like, a "Way better line." Like I'll just smash his fucking teeth in. Um, like that. That was great. Um. And then he gets gets him to fix the tire and drives off, and it sets up the eventual um, fate uh, between he and Tex, uh, which was great. I thought Tex was going to get there um, in time to like um, like at least see him or something. Um, but the fact that they ended it, like that Tarantino ended it with him just driving off was fucking terrific. Um, it added like an extra element. Um, that honestly made more sense um, when Tex shows up and and doesn't immediately recognize him. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I think I think we've gotten the majority of the big scenes of both Leo and Brad. Uh, let's just talk about the ending, man, uh, and we'll talk about some of the stuff involved in the film outside of that. 
afterwards, but obviously the ending in this film is a, a Tarantino ending. You know, if any, yeah. I think most people expected it to go in this direction, uh, knowing what I happened in Glorious Bastards and Django. I, I think that you're right. I didn't. He always twists history. You know, he likes to kill the bad guy that he, didn't get killed before him. Right. I don't know. I don't know how Django factors into that, but definitely in Glorious Bastards. Have you have you ever heard of a a African American slave from back in the day that went and killed the whole entire like you know commune of the 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 place that he was at with and killed off the well, fucking no <laughs> no of course not but, um, <laughs> See what I'm saying? I mean it's 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 an it's an absolutely fictional story though so like it doesn't have that yeah. historical relevance. Okay, well, well, a better example then would be Inglorious Bastards. Obviously, Hitler didn't sure. die in a movie theater from that. Right. But yeah, man, and uh, we already kind of talked about Leo bitching out them and them changing the direction. They were originally going to go after, uh, you know, since Roman Polanski bought the house of, I guess, someone that Charles Manson. I need to go back and watch, I guess, probably one of the many Harry? documentaries about the Manson murders. Yeah, whoever was the person that was at Roman's house beforehand. And he, he told right. all of them to basically go there and kill all of them. Well, Leo pissed them off. They realize it's Rick Dalton. They're like, oh, he's a hero of ours, you know, when we were younger. And then Tex is like, well, why don't we kill our heroes? So we all, we knew that Brad Pitt went, smoked the, the cigarette with acid on it, went and took his dog for a walk, right. came back. And the wife is sleeping. Leo's out in the back, uh, you know, uh, just chilling listening to music uh, in his pool. And Brad Pitt's just trying trying to get his dog a bowl of food. (laughs) He's trying his best. And he has no (laughs) idea how to. He's having problems, major issues. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, um, and then then the fight happens where Brad even gets stabbed and starts smiling and laughing about it. What a good way, by the way, to depict people tripping. Because I think Brad Pitt yeah. did a good job of that. I think Garantino did a good job of it. Sometimes they completely just – you guys have never tried that drug before. Uh, and right, I think it matters in a movie where you're in the late 60s and someone's taking acid and has a fucking fight in it of just like how their state of mind would be. And Brad Pitt did a great job, and I don't think I could ever see Brad Pitt doing acid. Um, I just feel like he's too uh, – I don't know that that would be beneath him almost a little bit. I, I don't know. But what, what did you think Maybe. about the fight scene? And then we'll, we'll talk about some of the, the murders and how gruesome it got. And then obviously with Leo with the flamethrower afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought it was fucking great. I thought um, <laughs> just again, the comedic timing of it all, like, especially the line where he's, he's like, wait, I know you. I, I, and I know you. I don't know your name, but I, I know you. I know your red hair, and I, I know you too. I don't. I don't know. I remember your pale face, but yeah, I know you. What's your What's your name again? And he's like, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's work. And he's like, No, that wasn't it. It was way lamer than that. <laughs> and she's like, Tex, just fucking shoot him. <laughs> And, he, and he's like, oh, yeah, that was, that was text. Like, dude, that fucking whole fucking spiel is fucking hilarious. Um, so fucking funny. Um, and, uh, and you know, of course, like, they set it up with the dog the whole fucking time. Like, this very, very obedient fucking pit bull. Um, 
it was like, um, you know, he was constantly training throughout the whole uh, um, movie. And then, you know, right when the dogs needed a little and like fucks this guy up. And, um, and then what did he, I think he throws like a can at the chick, like bust her right in the face. And she's just like laying there with like her face all fucked up. Um, and, uh, and I think like the, the, um, Italian wife like ends up punching the other girl in the face and then runs off. Um, but yeah, I mean, he basically just fucks up all of these people. It is fucking great. Um, uh, it, and it got uber, like it, like the whole movie, I was like wondering when the Tarantino violence was going to hit and it hit tenfold in this scene. Cause she's like, he, like the dog, like fucking up that dude and like biting him in the balls and shit. And then him like, and like sticking her on the, the chick and like her screaming the whole time. And then the other chick stabbing him and then him beating her fucking face on the mantle or whatever. Like, it it got real fucking violent. Um, I know it's funny, because I was watching it with, um, like I said, my friend Lauren, and we, you know, when we got done with the movie, she was like, yeah, that was that was a little tough to watch. Like, uh, it's like, just him beating the shit out of, like, two women. I was like, yeah, but you have to remember, like, both these women, like, at least one of those women, I don't remember which one, but, like, one of them literally killed a pregnant mother um in real life so you can't really feel that bad for him and like because i know so much about the manson um murders like i was just thoroughly enjoying it like i was just like yes (laughs) like fuck them up brad like fuck them up um and and like i had to kind of reassure her afterwards and she was like yeah you know what you got a point there um but yeah, dude, it was fucking great. Like him just beating the fuck out of all of these people. Um uh it it, it was fantastic. Um I thoroughly enjoyed it. As, as soon as dude walked into the house, cuz like, you know, they they set it up cleverly as far as that that one chick being like let's kill the stars who, you know, blah blah blah. blah. Um but, you know, they didn't um they didn't really say they were going to invade that house i i thought maybe there was still a chance that it would go down differently um but as soon as as that guy opens the door and brad Pitt's just like whoa oh and by the way he's like wait wait, wait. like y'all are real right <laughs> like that was great too um but uh yeah like as soon as as soon as they like he opens the door um and like comes in I was like, oh, dude, all these motherfuckers are about to die, and I can't wait. Um, and Tarantino delivered on it, and yeah, it was fucking fantastic. Um, so I'll leave it at that until we get to the Flame Zero scene and then the uh, aftermath. So uh, some cool information. Uh, Tex is played by actor Austin Butler, who has been uh, making a name for himself in Hollywood. He will actually be playing Elvis Presley in the new Baz Luhrmann uh, biopic that's going to be coming up, I think next year. So uh, that might be the first time that you see this guy, and then he blows up based on this next performance. But uh, I liked him as Tex a lot within the film, especially this last scene. So uh, good Very for him. I sent you that. If you, if you didn't see the text, I sent you a text of I did. a picture of him next to Elvis. I and just saw him without that beard and mustache and looking like a dirty hippie. He actually cleans up pretty well. So I thought that there was kind of interesting. 
but yeah, I mean, that ending scene was fucking crazy. The uh, just yeah, like you said, Brad Pitt <laughs> and him like realizing <laughs> his consciousness. I you know because here's the difference. I, I'll admit you know, and this is this is Monday sucks. So I, it's my show, but I've done hallucinogens before or hallucinogenics, I should say, before in the past. And it's been Who years, hasn't? but. But I, I will say I get paranoid a little bit on them. Usually I got to like back in the past, I would have to take like a little bit of like a, a Xanax to calm my ass down the whole entire time or smoke yeah. while I was doing it. Sometimes That's smoking was actually a bad idea. <laughs> oh, man, mushrooms and, and weed actually don't mix, but acid and weed do mix. I can't believe I'm talking this much about drug use, but who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> grew up. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I love how he was just like, oh, man, these, these people, they're fucked. Like, you know, he doesn't feel anything right now. He He's just – he's on right. a different plane of existence. Than he's he, just he in is. his element, and, and the dog just, just that quickly and him taking out all those motherfuckers. And what – here's a question. What did he do to the girl's face that burned the shit out of it right before she went out the window um, to and, and ended up with Leo? Like what – I can't remember. Like it all happened so fast. I don't think – I know that he's like on top of her. Face. I think well, the what, dog, did, what did he do like, to fuck it up? No, the dog oh, is what I remember, her up, and remember she like she like reaches for the gun and then shoots the gun off in the air, and the dog runs off, and then she gets up and like gets all crazy and like runs out the window is what, is what I thought. Maybe he throws her out the window. I can't remember. Um, Man, but like yeah, I think I think her face got really fucked up when her face went through the window. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, just uh, but Brad Pitt and that dog man, it's like John Wick and his dog from John Wick Three. You know, yeah. just just a badass duo, just fucking some shit up. And yeah, that's exactly. And I was waiting the way, for the violence at the end. And by the way, like when What's she it? stabs it, like when she tackles him and stabs him, and he like taps, like he looks down and the knife's like in his side, and he like taps it. <laughs> that just like again, just like I fucking died laughing. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um. And then he proceeds to, like, grab her and, like, fucking beat her ass to death on the fucking mantle. <laughs> it's fucking great. God. <laughs> and super so, violent and super gory <sighs> and, like, totally um, not pleasant. But I fucking enjoyed every fucking minute of it. Particularly, again, because I know um, what really happened and what those people really did. Um, and I think me having that context made me enjoy it even more with like a cathartic sense. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the point of it. That's why we don't have them murder. And I don't know if you felt this way. I was like, Tarantino is going to switch up the ending, isn't he? And all of a sudden I started feeling like, Oh my God, we're actually about to see them like go and murder a pregnant, like Sharon Tate played by Margot Robbie. And then obviously right. he, you know, Leo comes out, starts that confrontation. They switch. But for a long time, I was like, how the fuck are they going to do this? You know? Right. Yeah, no, uh, I but, thought they were just going to be, like, honestly, I thought they were going to get into the mix somehow. Um, but I didn't know how. Um, and it wasn't, it really honestly wasn't until they busted in and, like, opened the door and, like, Brad's just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, and then I was like, yes, yes. Like we are, we are definitely going full inglorious bastards here, um, and oh, I yeah. fucking loved it. It was great. All right, flamethrower scene. And yeah, <laughs> amazing. 
So, yeah, so the girl uh, that got fucked up by the dog, she comes running, you know, she has the knife, she comes running through the damn window into the pool and freaks out Leo, who has no idea what the hell happened, doesn't know that his wife got woke up and beat the crap. We forgot about that. His wife, like, completely, like, ninja kicked the redhead before oh, Brad kills her. Right. And, and we forgot <laughs> his Italian wife. how when she shoots the gun – the dog runs back and like scurries on the door, and she opens it up, and the dog runs in. Like, let me in! <laughs> like that's fucking great. Yeah, too. yeah, and just um, so <laughs> he doesn't, he has no idea any of this happened. That Brad Pitt just just killed two out of the three motherfuckers, and then goes right. and grabs the flamethrower from the movie <laughs> and just blows her to fucking hell while she's in the pool, and just it's awesome. She burns to death, and then obviously the cops get there. And Emil right. Hirsch's character sees everything. He's over He's over at Roman's house. Uh, the cops are leaving wait, wait, after taking skipping. the bodies. Skipping. What am I? What you am I skipping? You're skipping when they're interviewing him. When the cops are interviewing him, oh. it's fucking hilarious. Cause like, well, take over like from asking, here. Well, they're asking Brad Pitt like, so so what exactly happened? And he's like, yeah, I mean he he said he was the devil. And he he was here to do some devil stuff. <laughs> like, I do remember this. <laughs> so fucking funny. And then it pans to um, the cops just like trying to take the wife statement, and she's just rattling off fucking shit in Italian. And he's like looking at her like like not writing anything and just like listening and nodding his head like okay, <laughs> like. Um, all right. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Um, shit, that was fucking hilarious. And obviously, um, they have this very fucking, uh, um, bromantic moment, um, outside of, uh, the house where, you know, he's like, I did fucking, let me, where, where are y'all taking him? Well, like, let me, let me know. Like, I'm, I'm gonna come down there. And he's like, dude, no, like dude, your wife, she's like, obviously she's, been through a lot tonight. Like, go be with her. You know, like, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, dude, she took, like, five sleep pills. She's gonna be asleep before we know it. And he's like, well, nevertheless, like, I'll be fine. And, you know, the, you know, Leo gives him that line, hey, Cliff, you're a really good friend. And he's, you know, like, yeah, I guess. Um, and then he drives off, and then we get to um, the final scene of the movie. I'll let you take back over now. All right, so like I said, uh, Emil Hirsch's character at Roman's house, which is obviously Leo's neighbor, uh, hears the commotion and goes to find out from Leo, you know, what exactly happened. And in the process, realizes, hey, you're Rick Dalton. Like, I was a big fan of yours. He's like, and Leo tells him, you know, that he killed him with a flamethrower. And like, you know, <laughs> he's like, is that the same flamethrower from that one movie? Yeah, it was. Wow. That's so, so he, he's geeking out because obviously he's younger. He was a big fan of his show, right? Uh, his Western right. show beforehand and all in uh, his movies that Absolutely. he made. So he lets him up and he goes and meets Sharon Tate. And he tells, you know, uh, uh, which one, Miller Hirsch trying to like, explain a little bit what happened. He's up there. So where it, this is a parallel universe, obviously, and we're meant to think that Rick right. Dalton, because of this, you know, he could have had a resurgence within his career from basically all that happening and then meeting personally Emil Hirsch's character, Sharon Tate, who's played by Margot Robbie, and then obviously Roman Polanski until all the horrible stuff that happened with Roman Polanski. But still, I'm, I'm assuming that's where he, they were trying to make us go in our head 
of what the possible right. outcomes are be for this movie. Did you? Okay, okay, just making sure. But uh, great ending, man. Just a just a great like little you know. I, I wink to the audience, and if you know about the the tragedy, it's terrible that it happened, but. This gives it a good ending. It gives a good ending for your characters, both your main characters. They're in a better place because, well, Brad Pitt's not, but he doesn't really give a shit. So he's cool as shit, so it's, he'll be fine, well, especially if would, Leo gets work. I would also like to think, you know, because they set it up earlier in that um, movie where he was going to have to let Brad go because, you know, he had married – he had gotten married, and he was going to have to cut back and – they were they were going to sell the house and move somewhere else and all that. I'm like, I'd like to think at now they're not going to have to do that. Um, so like that doesn't come to fruition. Like, so I would like to think it's it's a good ending for everybody. You know? Absolutely, I agree. And uh, that was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do you have any uh, closing statements about the ending of the film? Before we kind of move on um, and talk, yeah, I mean, just I I thought it was very well done. I thought um, it obviously picked up the pace at the tail end of the movie. Um, the third act is again. I I told Joe Kalina because um, he he was asking about the movie, and I said, "Oh, the third act is well worth the price of admission." Um, and I think that's very much true. Um, especially if you know the history of, um, you know, Charlie Manson and, and, and the Sharon Tate murder and all that. Um, but my thought, my lingering thought after watching the movie is like, well, now that they're all dead, what happens to Charlie Manson now? Like, what does Charlie Manson do next? Because um, he's still out there um, in this universe, in this world. Um, so I would imagine he's not done. He's going to do something. Um, so that, that was kind of my like lingering question. Like what now that maybe they connect those people back to him? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, that, that would be an interesting string to pull and see, um, in this sort of, um, alternate universe domino effect. What comes of that? Obviously, we'll never we'll never know. I mean, Tarantino's not going to make a movie about that, um, um, and and you know we we can't ever know what's going to happen there. Um, but that was that was almost like kind of my like immediate thought after walking out of the movie was like, damn, I wonder what fucking I wonder what Manson's going to fucking do now. Um, yeah, so I'm, I I would be interested in that. But as far as our main characters. Definitely a happy ending. Um, definitely, uh, I, I, I definitely think Dalton is on the path to success. I think Brad's right there with him now. Um, and hopefully, like, I, you don't get too much of his wife and how they actually ended up together and all that. But hopefully they're, you know, destined for um, a long-term relationship. I don't know. Um, but, uh, or but, yeah. Brad's wife, where well, we don't know all, if he murdered her or not. <laughs> yeah, we we I'm 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 pretty sure he did, um, but, uh, <laughs> but but nevertheless, um, yeah, fucking great, um, just a fucking great movie all in all. Like I I from beginning to end, I loved it. 
Um, like I said, it got a very kind of slow building start, um, but it really does start to pick up. I thought, again, like you said, it really picks up where he goes and visits the ranch um, uh, and and just really goes like, you know, tenfold from there. Um, and, you know, a lot of great performances in this movie. Obviously, we mentioned a lot of different actors. Um, uh, I think um, you yeah, mentioned what did you think about the cameos? Uh, Dakota Panning. Uh, the cameos were great. Uh, Kurt Russell was fucking fantastic. Um, yep. uh, shit, I forget her name, but Al Pacino. Al Pacino was great. Um, Kurt Russell's wife, uh, who was obviously the, the, the chick who was in um, – Death proof. Death proof, right? Um, yeah. yeah, she yeah, she was fucking great. Um uh I it, uh, also um Kevin Smith's daughter was in this movie. She played um one of the Manson girls um in the movie uh Froggy um is who she played. Um so that was kind of cool. Nice. I didn't that know that. She got a role in the movie. Yeah. Um so that that was cool. Um and uh yeah, I mean just a lot of great performances. Um, uh, once again, Tarantino, uh, he, he just, he always makes good movies, man. Like even his, even his like, um, you know, uh, less than stellar movies are so great. Like I think, um, probably my least favorite of his movies was, um, the hateful eight and I fucking love that movie. Like I, I still love it. It's just my least favorite of all of his stuff. Um, but yeah, this one, this one definitely uh, is right there in the midst, in the middle of uh, all of his stuff for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I have to be honest with you, and this is nothing against the film, but it doesn't doesn't uh, come in my top five for Tarantino films. And that's, that's fair. Either if you either if you keep Kill Bill as one film or as two films, it still doesn't. Uh, break it actually if you keep it as separate then that's even fucking harder for me because yeah i would I w- say i would say it would be five for me right now um because i would say it would be pulp fiction um uh inglorious bastards django unchained kill bill and then this movie wow see for me it would be if we do kill bill as one film that's different uh, right. Yeah. Because then, then, then I would one film. Because that's how that's okay, how Tarantino okay. treats it. I know. Well, that's also, and we'll talk about that Tarantino's strategy to be able to get more films in there without actually having, right. you know, and still having his one last film. But uh, yeah, like but I love Tarantino Trek, and uh, Claus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, I would say it goes uh, Django and yeah, Django Unchanged. Uh, mm-hmm. Glorious Bastards, Kill Bill, yep. Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction is number one. Um, oh, so I don't know. This movie, I, for you? You have you yeah, have yeah number Dogs one number two. I love Reservoir Dogs. I think it's in. I, oh, I, dude, I to me, too. I know. To, to me, it's it's weird. It, I think it's like Pulp Fiction. I think is is probably just for for film history and everything. Also, my personal taste. It's his, his best, best movie. movie. Yeah, but I think I Reservoir Dogs is his is is the best. Well, for me, Quentin Tarantino film. I just start to finish. I know it's his fir- first big film. I just think that that was the format that we would see, and it was chaos from start to finish. We never saw the fucking bank 
you know, robbery itself. It's just everything that's right. the aftermath. It just and it still was interesting as hell. Like that's what is a gripping thing about his work. And it doesn't matter if it's stuff that he's wrote, uh, you know, like uh Natural Born Killers or or um uh, what was the one that uh Christian Slater was in. True um, Romance. True Romance, one of my favorites. Uh yeah. Great movie. But yeah, I just think I think I think he's an incredible mind when it comes to this. I like this film. I definitely liked it more than his last film. I wasn't a big fan of his last film. It wasn't that it was bad. It's just I really would have liked an actual Western. I think Django was actually more of a Western. That was kind of like a, uh, you know, yeah, it was a scene was, within. It was more of a, you know, in Western. Exactly. Style. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it, the setting was Western. Um but right. he is incredible with certain actors. Leo, someone that he works with, obviously really well. Um, Sam Jackson, Brad probably too. is his Brad as well. Yes, and uh, because of Glorious Bastards, I always forget about that. But uh, yeah, it just—he's an incredible filmmaker. But now, you know, like I said, he's saying, "Well, Kill Bill's actually one film, so technically, I got more left." And if I make a sequel to it. You know, it doesn't count because it's a sequel. And then he's like, if I do a Star Trek film or any other genre film, that's separate because it's actually not one of my stories, one of my originals. So I guess technically right. we got two well, left from that logic of his we know it, And before we know it, he'll say, well, Jackie Brown was actually uh, an adaptation of an Elmore Leonard novel, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> and I'm all for it. I'd like, But like, here's the thing. Ten, and I, give me ten original Tarantino, like – uh, scripts, stories, all that. Yeah, and then and then give me a, a bunch of uh, other things that are just his adaptation of things. I'm I'm all for that. See, the thing is, with me, and I, I know a lot of people say this too. Why not just say that you're not retiring yet? Why don't you actually retire when you want to retire? If you don't want to retire, and he's so young, we know that creatively. I know he wants to do playwrights and stuff like that, and do some more stuff with television, but. I don't see Quentin Tarantino stopping after 10 films of his own original stuff. Nah. I feel like he's going to take a break, and then I'll fucking come back. So what's the point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, I I do think there is some credence to him saying, I don't want to get stale. I don't – like he doesn't – I think with Tarantino and, – and you may disagree with me here, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that – with the hateful eight, I I think I can understand why some people didn't like it. Um, honestly, there's only one scene in the movie that I just was like, I don't like that, and that was the whole um, Samuel Jackson suck my dick scene. Like that was just a little too much. It was just way over the top. I was like, that's uncalled for. It just, it, it didn't really add to the movie. It's just a little a little crazy. Um, but. Um, I don't think he's ever made a bad movie, and I don't. I think that's his goal. He doesn't ever want to make a bad movie. No, um, he's one of the he's few. He's never made a bad film. Who, it's right. I mean, he's one of the few direct. Like, I mean, you can even like. I said this on um, Geek Vibes Live last Sunday. Um, like, you look at the greatest directors of our time. Um, you look at someone like Steven Spielberg. He's made bad movies. Um, Absolutely. Or at least, like not not good movies. Um, Scorsese. Um, one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. He's made subpar movies. Um, like yeah. it's just like there are very few directors. I think the only one that really comes to mind 
um, who never made a bad movie is Stanley Kubrick. And you can maybe argue um, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. It's still a good movie. He, well, and he died before the movie got finished, so he didn't get to edit it. Yeah. Like, it got edited by who the fuck knows who. So, like, like you know, that, can... I feel like that actually, like, really doesn't count because he didn't really get to tie together that movie the way he wanted to do it. Um, so if you're judging him on everything before that, like, or even that, you know, like, you know, he, he, he's one, he's like one of the few directors who never made a bad movie. And Tarantino is in that realm. And I think the only director that I can think of who is like a new director who is in that same realm is, um, Denny Villeneuve. Um, oh, that's not what you're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, he obviously did. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue like someone like uh, Darren Aronofsky, although you know, I, I, I would argue that you, yeah, you, you can make an argument against him. Um, I mean, you could maybe argue like a Danny Boyle, um, but like to me, like the the guy who stands out to me is is, um, um. Denny Villeneuve. Well, and I get that. Yes, Denny No, and I get that, and I think he's incredible. I just, I'm surprised. You probably just didn't even think about him. I mean, he has had one bad film, but it's still, that's like, I mean, Spielberg has had some flat fucking movies, but the one yeah, thing I love about yeah, he, the guy, the guy, the one, yeah, the one I'm trying, well, not even that. He's he's done some stuff in the past where it wasn't as appealing AI. as some of his, as his other films, yeah. But I think yeah. Scorsese and who I'm talking about, Christopher Nolan, their worst films are still good films. Yeah. And yeah, you Nolan know, there's not a, there's fit. not a lot of there's not a lot of rock star directors, and I feel like people when they and, and Denny Villeneuve is definitely someone that's filling that space up. But if you hear a Tarantino, a Nolan film, or a Scorsese film, I don't even think sometimes it's film fans. I think that people, especially Tarantino, know those names and they end up going to those films. I think Spike Lee was one of those guys beforehand, but they're like rock star directors. They're, they're guys that elevate great actors and are known for just being great directors and making, you know, random movies. I know that Nolan has a dark Knight rises, but I still will say that dark Knight rises is still a very well-made film. You just might not like the plot. Yeah. I have problems with it. Fuck everyone who talks shit about the dark Knight rises, dude. Yeah. It's it's that's his worst. You know what I'm saying? It's a good it, movie. That's his worst. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't get you just didn't get enough Batman. I get it. Like I get it. Like, and it's got some plot holes and everything else. It's still a good movie. Yeah, that's like Scorsese. Like his worst film is still better than most fucking films that come out. And same thing goes Absolutely. for Tarantino. And honestly, Tarantino might be able to do something. Like Scorsese is going to be keep on going and putting out great films, I believe, until he's way older. And I think Tarantino still has that mind to be able to pump out films. So it will be interesting when he really realizes if he wants to, quote unquote, retire or not. But I had another question before we kind of do an over like a score for uh, this film. Have you heard about the controversy with a lot of I mean, when I say a lot of people, Twitter, which I wish everyone in the world would realize that Twitter is not (laughs) – the words of everyone. Uh, me and Nick both don't have Twitter accounts. California, I'm talking to you. Uh, not not everyone is fucking connected on that social media platform. Uh, but there has been 
you know, and it's, it's not like people didn't know they were making this movie, but I know that uh, Clark Wolf, for instance, post how she got very like she she started realizing how they were uh, they're approaching uh, Sharon Tate and just knowing they basically she, long story short they she thought they were over glorifying someone who got killed even though they changed the ending even though the movie's been going in the running for a while you probably know how I feel about it just by me saying it like that but. Uh, and I, I, there was a lot of black backlash about them approaching this subject. To me, they didn't show you that much of Charles Manson at all. He had no interactions with Margot Robbie's character. They didn't even kill yeah. her. They changed the fucking story and the narrative of what really happened. And, and they Manson didn't, was hardly I think that's movie. why they – exactly. He's barely in it, and they kind of – you know, the people get what they deserve. Uh, Margot Robbie, I think that's the reason why she didn't have a shit ton of dialogue, you know, because she was playing such a uh, a character like Sharon Tate that, that in real life got murdered while she was pregnant. So do you think that's just sensitivity of Twitter, or, or, or how do you feel about that? Well, I would – I will preface it with this. I would like to actually read the Clark Wolf tweet before I posit my thoughts on like I'll your... find it just keep on rambling okay because um, I love Clark Wolf I really do she is one of my favorite people um, in the geek geekosphere if you will um, I uh, like she um, is just I, I, I adore her um, I think she is amazing, um, but uh, I will say this. I think that as far as – I think – and I think I said this earlier. I think the way that Tarantino delivered um, the character of Sharon Tate via Margot Robbie's performance was – with everything that I've ever read um, about her as a person, um, very fucking spot on. Like I have always read that she was just this – like had this lust for life and was just this, this very beautiful person um, who like you know just wanted to um, experience life for everything – that it had and all of its values and, and, and wanted to um, um, trust people and, 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 and endear herself to people. And I think he captures that really well throughout the movie. Um, I think he captures that with the, the whole Playboy uh, mansion scene. Um, I, you know, just like her lust for life. I think he captures her um, genuine, like, uh, like, um, Kind of uh, true will, um, or, or, or if you will, um, uh, her uh, trust in, in 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 human beings and human nature. Um, when she picks up the hitchhiker, um, I think there are so many aspects of this movie um, that really showcase her um, for being this um, this just amazingly positive, beautiful person. Um, I think he really showcases that, and again, I think when he says she is the heartbeat of the movie, I really saw that. I really did, um, and I think, again, like to me, like 
her standout scene is her watching her movie in the movie theater or even just her outside the movie theater talking to the people, um, you know, and they're like, well, that'll be, you know, 75 cents coming to the movie. And she's like, well, what if I'm in the movie? And they're like, what do you mean? Um, like that, that whole scene is fucking brilliant. Um, and like when she's sitting in that theater and like she's got her feet up and she's, she's watching the movie um, and she's just taking in everybody's reaction. She really like seems to genuinely um, like care like what other people like like feel um, as as far as like her character and as far as that portrayal of that character. Um, and like to me, that's I guess maybe I'm just looking at this somewhat through a lens of my perception of Sharon Tate and my perception of how I would feel in that scenario. Um, so with the combination of those two things, um, but I really do feel like if I was in her shoes, I would be doing the same thing. Like I'd be like, what do they think? Oh, they like it. They like it. Awesome. Like I would get a kick out of that. I would, I would love to know that people liked my performance or liked my, um, you know, whether it be any sort of form of medium, whether it be yeah, song or, or film or whatever, you know? Exactly. I was about to compare it to that. I was about to say, like, if someone after you get done playing something, you know, compliments you, or especially if you can tell it's really authentic, like, whoa, dude, you know, that was awesome. Like, good job, dude, or right. whatever. It doesn't have to be music, just anything like that. Or maybe someone, you know, this might have happened to you with uh, Full Core Press or D5's Live. I've had people come up and be like, that was a great episode, man. Uh, friends of mine that I got into the shows. Uh, so it's always good to, to hear that. I'll pass it right back to you, but here's the quote. Well, she deleted her original quote um, off of Twitter, but she had a follow-up one uh, that said, Sorry if me confessing that watching a dramatization of Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, made me cry. That's not a spoiler. She's a real woman with a real career who was murdered and died. It's sad. K by for reals. And of course Hector Navarro came to her age. Um I'm not like Nick, I'll admit I, I find Clark Wolf pretty um dramatic. I'll just put it that way. Uh we have oh, yeah. difference Very of opinions so. on that. Uh I just sometimes I roll my eyes a bit. I don't remember the exact wording, but it was a hell of a lot more than this. And, you know, if anything, I would have respected if she just kept up what she thought originally. And But then again, I don't know what it's like to be that popular and have that many fucking assholes in your DMs. And I don't think she deserved any right. type of negative shit like people probably gave her. Yeah, I mean, That's her opinion of the film. Things. Right. Um, now, the Sharon Tate, I think I gave a lot of reasonable stuff of why. And you did especially. Your breakdown was awesome. But that's how she feels. And this was what she said to kind of counter that, I guess, afterwards. Um, I guess my – What are you going to do? My only, retort, my only retort to that would be is like I feel like – and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm off base. But I feel like it, it, it's not far-fetched for me to think that those people who are upset with how this movie played out would be the same people – who would be upset if it played out the way it actually did, and then they would say, "Well, Tarantino just has no taste. He, you know, is capitalizing on, you know, this 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 violence um, that was, you know, uh, uh, thrown uh, uh, that happened to this 
this, you know, poor actress and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was a lot of what we heard um, before that. And I don't remember what, if anything, yep. Clark Wolf had to say about that. And I don't want to make this about her. Um, but uh, No, 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 no. And honestly, from that last thing, if, if you read it, it might have been that she just cried because of what actually happens to Sharon Tate in real life. I don't know. Um, right. You know, right. I can't remember um, the original thing, but uh, Roxy Stryer, I think, read the whole thing today on uh, Collider Live, so that's why I was bringing it up. Gotcha. And I love Roxy as well. Um, but uh, me too. I I I I don't. Hey Nick, can I, I come? I don't think. Huh? No. Can I come? You can't. No. Hold it. <laughs> um, I I I don't. I don't think that uh, – I, I don't think it's mutually exclusive, maybe people who uh, – perhaps maybe people who are upset by um, – they were going to be upset by this movie no matter what. There were always going to be people who were upset by this movie no matter what, um, it, it, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I'm not saying that you know any any particular person is, is in that vein, but I think there were people – um, who, who would kind of fit that bill is all I guess what I'm getting at. And that's and why that was, like, it, you know, that is what yeah, if, there are always going to be people, people who get upset by um, things um, and who convince themselves they're going to be upset by things. And they get upset that things are, you know, they get upset regardless of whether things went the way they thought they would. You know, that's how it is. Exactly, and if that's how you feel about it, you know that's that's your opinion. You're allowed to have it. I thought the movie was very interesting, and I like uh, Tarantino's like heroic ability to change history in certain aspects to make the hero overcome someone that probably would have been the opposite. If that makes sense, right? To throw Django in there, even though it's a fictional story, obviously, uh, sure. with the Inglorious Bastards in this. So, uh, all right, so let's kind of end this up. Uh, Give me your score one to ten. I know that's gonna be hard, but where do you think that ranks as of right now after would, seeing it once? Keep in mind my my score level is a little more critical. You know this. Fans maybe yep. of the show might not. Um, but like a five to me is average. Um anything below that is below average, anything above that is above average. I'm gonna say eight point five. I think it's really fucking great. Um, and an 8.5 to me is probably like a 9.5 to close to 10 for most people. Um, but for me personally, um, I, I think it's a solid 8.5. I fucking thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there's, there's really not anything that I could go back and look at and say, well, you could have changed this, you could have changed that. The only thing that really sticks out to me that I really feel like Tarantino could have changed was um, some of the pacing. Um, there, there, there were some pacing issues, especially earlier on in the film, um, that like pre-second act that I thought could have been done a little bit better. Um, he could have, instead of using like, um, you know, Five different songs. He could have just used one song and had that play out and really have this moment with the song, which is kind of what Tarantino is known for, um, which he did not choose to do for this movie, um, which is fine. Um, I just think it would have been better served to have done something like that. So, um, but that's like my only real gripe is the pacing. So, um, yeah, eight eight point five to nine. 
8.5 to 9. I'm, I'm going to give myself that leeway. I'm going to give it – see, it's like between a seven, 7.5 and an 8. It's like I want okay. to be right in the middle. But I'll give – I'll give it. I'll give it an eight. I think that that's because I think it's a movie that you should definitely see. I'm definitely going to see it again, mainly for the ending and Me a lot too. of those big scenes that we're talking about. Um, I don't know how much rewatchability though this will have, you know, compared to some of his other movies. I've seen Django, Lawyer's Bastard. No, I, I don't think for me personally, but I could see if someone really enjoys it. You know what? This reminded me. I forgot. The, the, it was a very different movie, but that movie that you really, really liked uh, with uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, especially the the two guys having a, oh, like a yeah, friend yeah, relationship. Nice uh, yeah. The other guys are the nice guys or whatever the hell. The nice guys. Uh, kind of gave me yeah. a kind of gave me a feel to that. I, I really, I really, really you know uh, what it, liked it for that. So yeah, I'll you, give it. An you eight. know what it reminded me of honestly was The Big Lebowski, because it's yeah, I can see a that. movie about like kind of nothing. Um, it's like Seinfeld. In like, yeah, it's it, exactly like it's 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 like the plot is is kind of insignificant. It's more these characters that you're focused on, um, and I don't think the characters in this movie are quite as endearing as those in The Big Lebowski. Um, but um, I I did get that kind of vibe from it, where it did feel like Tarantino's version of The Big Lebowski, and I think that's probably why. I'd, just genuinely like it more than maybe your average moviegoer, even yourself, who I wouldn't consider your average moviegoer, but um, maybe your um, uh, your uh, um, alternate avid uh, Tarantino fan, if you will. Absolutely, and on that note, I will wrap up Monday Suck this week's edition. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you uh, tell everyone about you know any any shows uh, involving basketballs that you might have coming out or anything else you want? To <laughs> well, I got the biggest basketballs. Um, they're they're real big. Excuse me. Um, the biggest you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I'm cracking myself up way more. I was I was going for a Trump thing there. Um, I don't know if that came across or not. We got That's really big really balls. They're so huge. <laughs> They're orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just like his face. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we we have a, a, a very fun show coming up tomorrow night of uh, Full Court Press. Um, we're going to be talking about um, uh, some some various news topics. Um, the the biggest one of which that I'm really intrigued to talk about um, is uh, ESPN just released um, uh, a poll from. Uh, various executives around the league of um, different different topics, like who they thought was had the best chances of winning the title this season, um, what was the worst signing of the season, what was the best signing of this offseason, um, so various things like that. Um, so we're going to break that down and, and like really delve into that. Um, and, and just talk about it on, on the precipice and uh, like in general um, – if, if this really means anything at all. Um, so, yeah, tune in for that, and we're also going to be breaking down um, our our next segment of the best duos uh, within the league. We're going to be uh, delving into the Northwest Division, uh, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, we're really excited to break it all down for you. 
And if you're into wrestling, like I've said many a times, join me Wednesday, 7 p.m. for another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance where me and Christopher Brother Ray Patton break down wrestling from this last week. Uh, all the stuff that we have on Geek Vibes, if you want to check out our website at gvnation.com. That's gvnation as in geekvibesnation.com. You'll find articles for news topics involving movies, um, you know, video games, uh, comic books, uh, lots of different stuff, and also all of our different social platforms, a link to our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook. Join those pages and come and talk to us. You can also find links on there. And just in general, if you search us all through our shows, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Full Court Press, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify. So check that out. We're obviously on Blog Talk. And uh, got a big interview coming out next Monday for you guys. I'm not going to go into details of who it is. Uh, we're, well, basically because I'm recording it tomorrow, and if anything happens and doesn't happen, I don't want to look like an idiot by uh, announcing it. <laughs> but uh, – Looking, looking forward to the – that has happened in the past. That's why I've uh, decided to do that. Looking forward to the interview. I'm going to record it, like I said, tomorrow. We'll release it next Monday on Monday Suck, and you guys can listen to that. Thank you so much for listening, and, uh, you know, go ahead and enjoy the rest of your Monday and or Monday night, depending on where the hell you are right now. Thank you guys so much. Peace out. Thank you, Nick, and have a wonderful evening, and don't let Monday suck too bad. <laughs>